we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. When we look up the word remnant, it gives us this very short but specific definition. And this definition is a remnant is a small remaining quantity of something. Look, somebody say small remaining quantity. Okay. Now, the key to this whole thing is remaining. That means that this was pulled out of something. It dwindled down to become this. So it's those that are remaining. That means that there was another group of something that faded away, and this group remained. Right? Or there was another thought process, or there was another... Uh, behavior that was going on, that behavior ceased, and this remained. Does that make sense? So a small remaining quantity, which is the number or count of something or the amount of something. So this is what the remnant is. So the remnant of God, same way. It's a small remaining quantity of something. You know that by going on the internet and watching preachers just wild out. Churches just wild out. Right? You see that all the time. So you know the true believers is a small quantity. There's only a small quantity that remains. God always chooses quality over quantity. Right? He always chooses quality over quantity. God destroyed the earth and saved one family. Now think about this. The earth was fully populated. It wasn't just a small group in a small little city like folks think. The earth was populated. So much so that he had to cover the entire earth with water. God destroyed his whole creation and saved one family. He chose quality over what? ain't worried about numbers. You know why? Because he's looking at them like, man, I can make some more. That's the problem with a lot of pastors. They start churches and they want quantity because that's going to make them feel like they're doing something instead of quality. But God chooses what? Quality. God destroyed the earth, saved one family for righteousness sake. Hebrew 11 and 7 gives us the account of that. It says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with what? Fear. Prepared an ark to, to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. So he and his family were saved. Eight people saved. And the whole world destroyed. Amen? In the presence of a large following, the enemy goes more unnoticed and can easily hide. So were there big crowds, you know? In the mega church, anything could be sitting next to you. It could look like a man and be a woman. Can be sitting next to you, hiding in there. And enjoying the service just like you. Service, so they have to water down the service because there are so many different beliefs in there. They don't want to offend anyone. That's why the mega church can't preach the truth. 
does. Too many people in there. To keep all those people, you got to lie and make them feel good. Make them all feel they're going to heaven. And then they say, catch hands with your neighbor. You might be sitting next to a billy goat. <laughs> Baphomet sitting right next to you. You got to catch his hoof. And you know he's going to get mad if you don't catch it. <laughs> you know, they sound like people. Ah! But in the large, in the presence of large fallen, the enemy goes unnoticed. But in smaller settings, it's harder for him to remain what? Obscure. In a smaller setting, you can spot the devil easier. Amen? The devil can't really hide in here. It's too small. Right? And we got folks looking. We got security, ushers. We got undercover. We got sleepers. Because we want to make sure the devil's not trying to hide in here. If you're not in here to get help, you don't belong in here. Amen. We have a, we're probably the only church on earth that's got a blacklist. We have a blacklist of people that, that aren't welcome. And they can't come. Because we want quality over what? Quantity. Ain't nobody in there sowing discord and trying to get folks to leave? You're not welcome. Amen. You done got online and said some dumb stuff? You can't come here. You don't want to got online saying something against the ministry, some student, then you're going to try to walk in the door. You better go to Quick Trip. What you doing? I mean, I mean, but why would you even... We shouldn't even have to have a list. You know, when I was young, we respected church and pastors. Even if the pastor was a no account, we wasn't going to get up and say nothing against them and try to tear the church apart. Because ultimately, it's God's church. Still. If God didn't destroy them in Revelations and told them and gave them a space to repent, what makes you think these pastors don't have a space to repent? And all through the Bible, man, folks got leprosy, Bears ate folks. All kinds of stuff happened to folks that went against God's movement. So who sits around and targets a preacher or the church or a pastor that he going to destroy? Man, I wouldn't want to be you. So that's just some foolishness, man. It's, it's a shame we got to even have that list. But man, it's some, some, in 2019, folks, look at somebody say, folks, crazy. They're crazy. I mean, they, they, they just crazy. Amen. It ain't for me to mess with no man of God. But in smaller settings, it's harder for them to remain obscure. Mark 7 and 13 even tells you, enter ye in at the straight gate, because wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to what? Destruction. And what? Many there be which go in. That's where the crowd is. Headed for destruction. But by keeping only 12 disciples, Jesus was able to expose the devil. The devil can't hide when there's just 12. Amen? He got exposed real good. John 13 and 26 gives us that account. Jesus answered, he it is to whom I shall give sock. Meaning, the disciples said, which one of us is going to betray you? He said, oh, well, it's the one that I'm going to give this sock to. And then when he dipped it, uh, and when he had dipped the sock, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon. Right there. So because it wasn't a lot of people, he could just finger the devil. Oh, y'all want to know who the devil is? You hungry? <laughs> right there. 
And that shows you because he kept 12 around him. The Bible tells us at one time there was 300. At one time there was 5,000. But it always dwindled back down to 12. 12 was easy for Christ to manage. He knew which one was the devil. He knew which one was going to cut, cut the dude's ear off. He knew which one was going to brag about being the best. He knew which one really loved him. It was 12. So he kept the number small. Amen? The only way to test the quality. Now, we're talking about quality. And this is why so many of you are going through things. And, man, let me tell you this. Oh, my gosh. The reason why your road is not easy is because you are being tested for quality. Okay? If you are here at ABC, most of you in here, your road is just not going to be that easy because you're tested for what? Quality. If you choose the truth, you're going to be tested for quality. Right? I tell my son all the time, like, Landon, I'm sorry. But your road's going to be a little harder than some of the other guys you, you know that are around you. It's going to be a little hard. Things aren't going to come as easy because you're constantly tested for quality. Then you set up camp and, and, and run EX Ministries? What are you doing, Landon? No, I'll just play. <laughs> you signed up for the, the rough road, right? So... He is he, just not going to be that easy for him. None of my kids, Jonathan, none, none of them. It's just not that easy because you are tested for quality. Amen? But the only way to test the quality of a product is to test it against its purpose. This way you will know it can withstand what is to come. So if you got a product, you got to test it against its purpose. 1 Peter 1 and 7, the trial of your faith, uh, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than what? Gold that perishes. He said gold so he could say the next thing, though it be tried with fire. Gold is tried with fire because fire comes and it creates, I guess, a, a true test of whether something is going to remain or perish. Okay, fire is the ultimate test, and we know that because that's why hell is not full of ice. Sub-Zero is not running hell. Hell is, that's why hell represents the end or the fire, it, because it represents the hardest test of something perishing to survive fire. Well, gold was created to withstand fire. This is why he's using this, because he's using two extremes, and he's saying Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus. So, though gold may be tried with fire, the impurities may burn off, but gold ain't going nowhere. You got it? So, this, this is why he's showing, and that's why it's expensive. It's expensive like that because it can withstand the test of time. Right? Amen. Your grills, you got those back in 87. And you can still wear them. <laughs> you just can't wear them here. An example of this. A car is manufactured to be ridden in and to endure various road hazards and weather elements, right? So in order to know if the car is of good quality, what do you have to do? 
It's got to go through a series of tests before it's ready for the consumer. So they have to run it through road hazards and weather elements. How are they going to know if it's going to last through them if they don't run it through them? So they build a car and then they run it through all of these elements, uh, the, the weather. They simulate the weather. They, drive, they, they send it through rigorous tests to make sure that that car is approved. The quality is approved. Right? Now, you used to could buy a Yugo. They didn't run that through nothing. You run it through when you drive it and see what it can do. Y'all remember the Yugo? The two-cylinder Yugo? But they run these new cars. That's why cars cost so much. You want to know why cars cost so much? Have you looked at the price of cars? But the reason why is because it's built way better than cars 20 years ago. Even 10 years ago, cars last longer now, don't they? You know why? Because over the years, they've been able to adapt to all the different conditions, the weather and different things. So they, the, the engineers got smarter and smarter because they had a longer testing period. Am I making sense in here? Amen. So they can last longer now, so they cost more. But they're not ready for the consumer until they test them out and run them through all of these things. Well, God tests our lives the same way. Before we can be ready to do anything for him, we are tested by our purpose for his purpose. He's testing you by your purpose. No, ain't no amens on that. But that's the truth. Just, yep, he's got to test you against your purpose to make sure you can do your purpose. First Timothy 3 and 6. Not a novice. This is who he selected to be the teacher. He said, not a novice. Lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condem condemnation of the devil. So a novice is someone that hasn't gone through anything. They haven't been doing it long enough. So when something comes up, they won't know how to handle it. Amen. This is why teenagers need to listen to older folks. Amen. You need to listen to your parents because your parents, they've been through what you've been through. And because I've been there, you need to listen to me. But a novice hasn't been there. A novice hasn't experienced it. And yet that's why I'm so, these folks make me nervous when they start these churches as a novice. Because now you got to learn the hard way and all the members have to learn the hard way with you. You're going to cause a lot of damage. You need to go sit under somebody and learn something and be taught first. Don't be a novice. Amen. So you're not approved for it because you're a novice. That's what he's saying in this passage. So before we can be ready to do anything for God, we have to pass our purpose test. In order to be a good protector, provider, and priest, a man gets tested with Work ethics, discipline, and strength. Uh-oh. <laughs> You're not a good provider, protector, and priest if you don't have a good work ethic. That's what's going to get tested first. Your work ethic. Right? You're going to get a job, you're going to stay on the job. Can I get an amen on the staying on the job? Amen. <laughs> you're going to stay. And you're going to go through it. Because what, you, what you're going to learn after you have multiple jobs is they're all the same. 
Ain't that what they gonna learn? You still gotta do what somebody say. You still not gonna wanna go. Now, I like this job. This this job, man. I wanna wake up every morning and go. That's cause it's it's new, and the other one wasn't. But once that job get old, that same spirit is gonna fall upon you, because work is punishment. It's punishment from the garden. Like God never wanted you to fall in love with work. Right. I'm just looking for something that I just fell in love with and I just want to do every day. That's not going to happen. Because it's punishment. Nobody want to whoop it every day. Some days you're going to wake up and be like, man, I don't want to do this. And it don't matter how much it's paying either. I wish I could preach to this church. But you're going to be tested. If before you do anything with God, man, that's the first thing he's going to do is test your ability to be a protective provider and priest. Amen. He's going to test your work ethic. He's going to test your discipline. Amen. Because your discipline is going to let him know if you can do it the way he says. If you do things emotionally, you fail the test. God can't use no emotional man that explodes and goes off. And oh, while I'm on that, I heard something in P31. And this is, I gotta, we gotta do this this morning. So we had like questions. They, they, they had, everybody wrote down questions, shook them up in this thing and passed them out. And so nobody read their own question. They just read different questions. And one of the questions was, and I hope I get it right, but I know I'll get close. If your husband calls you stupid, dumb, talks about you being ugly, says you're ugly, and you can't do nothing right or whatever, you know, what do you do about it? And I, you know, almost, my heart started beating fast. I almost blacked out. I said, because I know that's not happening at ABC. Probably the dude that's yelling heroes louder than everybody. And then going home and abusing. Because that's abuse. So you need to come tell me. We need to know. That's right in front of a fist. So if a man is calling you stupid, ugly, and, and, and all that, you, you, we need to know that. I, I want to know who that is. I want to know so bad. Please come tell me. Please. We will do something about that real quick. Because ain't no man. I, amen. You're not going to be in here clapping at the songs. Amen in the message. And then going home and abusing the weaker vessel. You going against the word of God, bruh. And you about to go against some men. Because we going to charge you up for that. Come tell us that. Come call us that. Let's, let, let's level the playing field. Please, after serve, come call me ugly and stupid. Let's deal with that. Because you're a punk if you're doing that. I don't deal with men like, no, buddy, don't you know, don't do that in here. We treat women with respect. But in order to be a good protector, provider, and priest, you're going to be tested with your work ethics, discipline, and strength. 
how strong you really are. You know, this ministry has tested a lot of y'all's strength. Are you really strong enough to get corrected and change? Amen. Any, any men, any of your strength in, was tested in here? This wasn't talking about lifting. <laughs> it's talking about can you take rebuke and come back? Can I correct you and you come back and not leave? Because there's a whole lot of brothers that failed that test. Failed it miserably. And then blamed it on something else when the actuality was they couldn't be corrected. In order to be a good helpmeet, a woman is tested in areas of submission and trust. That's it. That's what's going to make you a good helpmeet. Submission and trust. You got to fully submit, meaning you got to let him handle it. He may have wrote his business plan down with a crayon. <laughs> the fat crayon. There's only 16 in a box because the box would be so big if there was more. But they, is it eight? It's just eight. Oh, that's a, that's a big old crayon. Can't, it would take up too much room on the shelf. The box was any bigger. But if he wrote his business plan with that crayon, you got to trust and believe that this man's plan. Oh, oh, I felt somebody just, hey, he couldn't really do it because he's sitting right there. So you just have to mm. Mm. help his plan, Lord, help his plan. Oh, my gosh, because I read it and oh, he read it and scratched his head. How you read your own plan and you confused? <laughs> That's submission. You got to submit to that plan. That's his plan. You married him. You chose him to lead you. Every time you try to take leadership away from him, you curse your house. And something bad happens. Every single time. Go back down memory lane. Matter of fact, get a journal so you can write it down. And just go back. And watch, every time you try to step in and do your thing, something bad happened. I know I'm preaching in here. That's the test for the woman. You got to be submissive. And here's the big one. You got to trust. You grow up without your father, you already automatically have trust issues. Then, Lord, you add somebody doing you wrong when you was young, an early relationship. You had a boyfriend when you was 11 and 12. Oh, you just messed up your trust in men. Then you heard your mama talk about how jive sucker men are. Go out there, get it, get it. You got to do it yourself. So now you out there trying to be a man and a woman. Some dude liked you, tried to marry you. He married you. And now you got to let go all of that distrust. You have to let it all go and trust the man. The very thing that you ran from all your life, now you got to trust him. But God is testing you. With your what? Purpose. He's tested you with, you know, I mean, why would he test you with something else? Why would he test you with your job if you're a woman? Why would he test you with your career? That ain't your purpose. He's going to test you with your purpose. What he created you for. He created you to be a help meet. So every test in your life from God is going to somehow relate to your purpose. Well, I'm not married, man. It seems like everything. You ain't passed the test. 
You got the trust, but you failed at submission. You got the submission, but you failed at the trust. You got to have them both. God's going to test you with your, I know I'm preaching in here. See, folks, say, hey, yeah, y'all thought we was just going to dance and shout because I'm finally preaching again. They ain't nothing changed. Nothing! <laughs> in order to be a good help me, a woman is tested in areas of submission and trust. Amen! Women, you just got to let go. You got to let go. You got to take the keys out your hand and give them to your husband and let him drive. Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are what? Or what? Called according to his Oh, so I, I say it all the time, but all things aren't going to work for those that aren't called according to the purpose. So if, I mean, if, you, if you're scared of your purpose and you ain't going to try it, all things ain't going to work together for the good of you. You might as well skip prayer time. What good is it to pray and you ain't going to deal with it? The remnant, these are chosen folks. The crowd will always follow the wrong thing. You know that, right? You don't ever follow the crowd. Remember in high school, you'll see a big crowd in the hall, and it just starts shifting and moving, and you run up, what is it? It's a fight. You know, ain't nobody gathered and ex- reciting homework and tests. They, they, they ain't going to draw that kind of crowd. Oh, y'all, come on. Uh, Miss Williams is teaching. She's teaching in the hall. Y'all gather around. Everybody's. <laughs> no. But, oh, you see Shalika. She hit her. She hit her. What? The whole crowd. So the crowd's going to always follow the wrong thing. But the remnant are the ones that have been called out of the crowd. So when the whole crowd goes in one way, the remnant are the ones that didn't go that way. They're the ones that remained. Romans 9 and 27. Elias also crieth concerning Israel, though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, like God told Abraham it would be, a remnant shall be saved. You hear that? So basically saying that the children of Israel, they're going to multiply the the physical Israel as well as spiritual Israel. It's going to multiply and be big, but only a remnant is going to be saved. While everyone was thinking left, something inside of you was saying what? Right. That's why you're in here. The majority of you in here, a good 98% of you in here are in here because when everyone was going left, you wanted to go right. Am I telling the truth? Yeah. Then God led you to his truth, and it registered with what was already what? inside of you all the testimonies of these guys they all kept saying you know it was just it was it was something inside of them that this registered with and it wasn't registering where they were it's like i gotta get to where that is i feel the pull of that i want to be around that because that's what my spirit is telling me and what my spirit agrees with amen that's where you should be Folks ask me all the time, brother, man, can you recommend a church in Zimbabwe? I was like, brother, I ain't, I don't know. I don't know one person in Zimbabwe. But you need to go where the truth registers with the truth that's in you. But God led you to his truth and it registered to what was already inside of you. James 4 and 8, draw nigh to God and he's going to do what? 
Draw nigh unto God and he's going to do what? Man. So when it registers with you or whatever, you got to draw nigh to it. I got to get that. I got to be with that because that registers with what's going on inside of me. Amen. Everybody, you could be in a house and everybody in the house is thinking left. And you could be the only one in the house. Could be 20 people, 10 people living in your house. (laughs) That's a lot. But it could be. And you're the only one. The only one. And it registers with you. The only one in your family. In your city. In your area. You could be the only one. Did you know you could be the only one in your city that the truth is registering with? Well, God just has to put a good church in this city. Why? Every church in that city could be messed up. Why can't it? I'm preaching in here. But James says, draw nigh to God. He will do what? When you made the decision not to compromise for the sake of worldly pleasures and gain, you joined God's remnant and became what? Set apart from this world. That's why you don't fit in. You go around them folks, and all while you with them, you're just hoping they don't do nothing stupid. Because truth is in you. When you leave them, why was I with them? Truth is in me. Something's in me that's making me different. I joined God's remnant. So I'm set apart from the world, so I don't fit in the world. And when you made the decision that I'm not compromising no matter what, I'm not selling out no matter what. I'm going to live the best I can. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to go after God. I'm going to go after God's way. I'm going to try to do things the right way. When you made that decision, you joined God's remnant. You qualify. You qualify. Now come and get tested. You verbally qualify, but you ain't took the test. The test is going to work it all out of you, everything that doesn't need to be. This week, somebody went through something, and God pulled something out of someone, and it was painful. I wanted to keep that, Lord. I was really good with that. I wanted that. I really did. God is saying, just because you wanted it so bad, I need to see what you're going to do without it. Or it was in my way of giving you what I really have for you. So I had to clear some space. But if you trust God, amen, and decide, hey, I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to do it his way. You're set apart. You're part of his remnant. But then you're going to be tested. First Peter 2 and 8 says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Folks love to quote this, don't they? The, 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 pray, the, the, the praise dancers dance into it. Chosen generation, royal priesthood, and half naked. Y'all saw the video of the girls praise dancing and the old mothers came up behind them was like, nah, nah, baby. Now, we ain't going to stop your dance. You can keep going, but they, was, they were clothing them while they were mid-movement. And one of the comments under it was, why don't you just not do it? Is it necessary to praise dance? We've never had it in here. And we never will. You ain't dancing with the stars at the church. You don't need, why? It's, it's unnecessary. We ain't having no miming in here. That's foolishness, man. 
I mean, if I didn't know the demonic origins of the miming, it was still, it was stupid before I knew that. I'd be sitting there like, oh, this is dumb. <laughs> Face half painted. You got the cheap shoe polish. Now you toxic. Gonna have botulism when you finish. Just dumb. Man, you know how much face paint is? Man, we can't buy that. <laughs> You're going to have to use your mama's mud mask. Whole church just minty. Smell like... Because <laughs> if you can't afford it, you don't need to do it. That tells you who's disqualified right there. <laughs> you, if you bring in your mama's mud baths, you don't need to be doing This is dead sea clay. <laughs> Just because it's in the Bible don't mean that you need to be. <laughs> and you better hurry up and do the song for a drive. <laughs> First Peter 2 and 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness where? To his mother's life. So you were chosen out of the remnant, and you were chosen by your desire to be chosen. Summary. The Bible tells us that the remnant of God's people will be selected by him. The people that are willing to give up all for the cause of Christ truly belong to him. Amen? Anyone can feel entitled because they grew up in church or their grandma prayed for them. But only those that make Jesus Lord of their lives are what? His true remnant. This is Jesus talking, and this is used, this is the... Actually, these are the verses that the cults use. You know, Jim Jones and others, they use this, and the, especially the Scientologists, different ones, Christian sciences, they use this to, I guess, uh, explain or to uh, make sense of taking you away from your family and your loved ones. So to, to indoctrinate you, they have to remove you from all other forms of indoctrination. And they feel like they need to take you away from your parents, or anyone that would oppose them, it makes it easier for them to convince you of, of the false doctrine that they are teaching you by separating you from any other influence, right? So they like to use this scripture, but they take it out of context. The Bible says, suppose ye that I am come to give peace on earth, I tell you, nay, rather division. So Jesus is saying, you know, I, I came to bring peace, but I'm going to cause division too. For from henceforth, there shall be five in one house divided, three against two, and two against three. So he's basically saying, when I come and bring this truth, it's going to cause people to disagree. So in some houses, there are going to be some that are with it and some that are not. Does that make sense? The father shall be divided against the son and the son against the father, the mother against the daughter, the daughter against the mother, the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law. Somebody just, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. So what he's really saying here is 
there's going to be some folks that don't receive it. They don't agree. They might be right in your house. In those cases, the, the gospel has caused the division. But the division is representative of the remnant. As a matter of fact, if that division starts, that's God carving his remnant out. You see what I'm saying? So he calling you out of those situations. Now, those situations don't mean you alienate yourself. This is where the cults go wrong. They feel like you should break fellowship and never talk to your fa family again. No, that's not how it works. Because even when Jesus' mother came to him and, and, and tried to use, uh, no, no, they tried to use your mother is somewhere to try to get Jesus to come. Jesus, Jesus didn't go. But that doesn't mean he, he left his mama. She was right there while he was carrying his cross. So that's what I'm saying. There, there are times when, yeah, you know, this is what we believe, so we need to keep this, you know, keep this belief, but we don't alienate ourselves. Those people are just the test of our faith. Like, if we really believe what we believe, then their behavior is not going to change it. And it's not going to make me throw shade on them either. Amen. So, though you may have been divided against family to get here, or you may have went against family to get it, whatever, you don't shun your family. You pray for them. You go around them. All is good. We just ain't going to talk about the Bible. Amen. We're just not going to talk about homeschool. Amen. We're just not going to talk about the man being the sole provider of the home. They don't understand these things, especially if they're baby boomers. These things go against the culture that they were raised up in. Right? And so we're not going to discuss that around them, but there are, there's plenty of things to discuss. And have a good time and enjoy them and love them. That's what God wants you to do. Amen. Everyone stand to your feet. So just because you were in the remnant and you called out from the world, that don't make you special when it comes to other people. Our job is still to help other people, especially our family. We're the remnant. We're the chosen ones. We're called out. We're different. Embrace that. Amen? Embrace the fact that you're different, but don't alienate yourself to the point to where you treat other people different. Amen? Everyone bow your heads. God, we just thank you, Lord, for this message. I thank you, God, for choosing us and calling us out of the place that many of us were in, Lord. And when the whole crowd was going one way, God, you told us to go another way. And God, as, you know, as weird as it may have felt or as hard as it may have been, some of us developed inferiority complexes and just all kinds of things because we knew what you were saying and it went against what people were doing. But we thank you, Lord, that you've brought us all here and brought us to a place, Lord, where we can be in fellowship with like-minded believers and take advantage of extended family and extended friends and different ones, Lord, that will support the call uh, to our purpose, that will illustrate us doing our purpose, that would teach us and show us, Lord, how to pass the quality test and be in our purpose. And Lord, we just thank you, God, but we don't want to separate ourselves to the point to where we alienate ourselves from our family and our loved ones, Lord, but we want to continue to pray for them and try to shine the light of the glorious gospel on them by our lifestyle, being kind one to another and being gentle being like brothers and sisters and 
treating our mother and father, honoring them like your word says. God, so that we can be blessed in this last hour as the world gets more and more wicked, God, we can see more and more blessings through you. And you can continue, Father God, to embrace us as your chosen remnant. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name for it. Amen. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124, or donate online at exministries.com.